So it's the new episode of Them Aspergers. Um, I apologise now for the delay in episodes because I think before we were doing them quite frequently. But this one's been, I suppose, the biggest gap since we've recorded any sort of new content. Yeah. But that's just because of like technical problems. Um, we have had some issues trying to do this particular episode. The first time we did it was... <laughs> ages ago uh, it's not but, destined to be this one but we did it outside and it was really windy and it didn't work and then we tried it again and it just didn't save yeah. so we tried to upload it and nothing happened so this is the third attempt at talking about this particular particular topic yeah. um but before i start i wanted to do a quick like sort of explanation on a word that's been used in previous episodes um i don't know if you've anyone's ever anyone's noticed um but uh, we use the word burgers or burger in um, some of the episodes we've done before. Uh, I've never really explained what it was. It's just a word I use now or I refer to myself as burger or uh, I've got burgers. It's just a different word for Asperger's. Um, it's mainly because I was watching a TV show, um, in fact, several TV shows, where I've noticed that some people refer to it as Asperger's. Uh, and I just find that funny, so I just started I think calling it's it. more common in America. I think that's an American pronunciation. I guess so. One of the programs I watched it on was the uh, was an American TV show. Uh, not an American TV show, sorry, a Channel 4 TV show, and it was like a really posh presenter, and she kept calling it. Uh, and she kept calling it Asperger's. And also, yeah. like, when other people try if no one's ever heard of it, they always pronounce it wrong. I always either hear Asperger's, or Aspergers, <laughs> uh, which is also really bizarre. Uh, I find that one too weird. I can't call myself a purger. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's kind of thing. I think originally I was going to call this podcast instead of Them Aspergers. I was going to call it Them Burgers. Yeah. Um, but I was worried that like if anyone tried looking for it, they'd probably think it was like some sort of podcast about <laughs> food or something. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to ask you what the mystery topic is today because I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about sensory problems or yeah. sensory issues or sensory, just sensory in general with people on the spectrum, which is... Yeah, a- well, I, I guess it's not wholly for people on the spectrum. Like, I think today we're going to talk more about just particularly us. Yeah, but um, I was going to say that basically, I think everybody that gets diagnosed has it, but it's one of those things that you don't realise is related to diagnosis. Yeah. So when I was diagnosed, it was something that came up. Um, after I was diagnosed, I saw like a normal therapist who explained to me like about diagnosis, what it means for me and that kind of thing. But then like a bit later on down the line, like six or seven months down the line, she told me that what was going to happen next was um, I was going to see a sensory therapist which I didn't know what that meant um, at all until I saw her. And I found out that there's this whole like um, range of sensory problems that comes with having autism. Yeah. Um, and everybody that's got autism, I think, has some sort of sensory problem. Um, even if you are someone that's listening to this and has autism and doesn't think not me, um, you probably do, you're just not aware of it. There were loads that I just wasn't aware of until this woman pointed them out to me. And um, same with you. You didn't know about some of the ones you've got yeah, until I pointed them out. Like when I Googled Asperger's, um, sensory stuff comes up all the time. And I was reading it and thought, I don't have any of this. This doesn't affect me at all. But then I think from talking to you and just, I guess, realizing myself a bit more, I realized that a lot of the stuff that I do that sensory isn't like I just thought it was normal and that everyone did it. Or, like, I didn't associate it as being anything strange, I suppose, until we started talking and I talked to my therapist and that's kind of how it came about. But, yeah. You talked to your therapist about sensory stuff? Um, Yeah, that was one of the the first therapists I went to. So not the one that actually works for the cast team, but the first therapist that just was a general therapist. One of the things I spoke about was one of the things we'll talk about later, but, like, what I used to calm myself down. And she said that that is... Right, right, that makes sense. I, yeah. uh, I, did, I I thought it was just something I told you and then um, pointed it out. But yeah, like the ones that, like, because it's not obvious. It's not something that's obvious to anyone. Like, so say you're neurotypical, don't have sensory stuff. The only two, like, obvious ones that I've seen people do or wear or see outside that says that they've got sensory problems is anyone you see walking around with those ear defenders on. Yeah. Um, and people that wear like tinted glasses, so yeah. glasses that are not tinted like 
dark to cover the sun. Yeah. Like we'll wear like pink glasses, blue glasses, yellow glasses, like all the time. They're the only two like obvious things. but And that's what I thought. And I thought because I don't need ear defenders and because I don't need colored glasses, um, I obviously don't have any sensory problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like you said, there's too many to mention. So... I, yeah, you're probably best that we just talk about me and you because everything else will just be speculation if you try and think about yeah. what everybody else has. It's quite good as well, I think, because we do cover kind of a broad range because you have mostly negative and I have mostly positive. Yeah, like so, we, we mentioned this the other day, actually. I was saying that um, I seem to be more in touch with my negative emotions. So like yeah. positive emotions to me, I don't recognize and they don't register. Like I've said before, I don't feel like satisfaction, happiness, uh, the ones that are considered good emotions, but I do feel a lot of the negative ones. So I know when I'm angry or frustrated or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I've noticed that you are the opposite. Like you're always laughing. Um, you're always like happy and like upbeat and that kind of thing. Like recently my dad came down uh, and that was like one of the things he said about you after meeting you is that you were, a, I think you referred to you as a happy little soul, <laughs> I think was the, the term he used for you. Um, and yeah, like, and it's the same for sensory I've noticed. So I only have majority of negative sensory. So all my sensory problems like invoke negative um, reactions out of me. And you seem to have a lot of positive sensory stuff. Yeah. So you've got loads of things that are good for you sensory wise. Yeah, they like a lot of sensory things for me just calm me down or will help me if I'm having a meltdown or things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I mean, how do you want to go about this? Like, should I list all the sensory problems I have and how they're negative and talk about them that way? And then you list your positive ones? Or should we go through the traditional five senses that people experience and... Uh Maybe do it that way. Yeah. Just because last time we did it the other way, so maybe this will make it feel a bit different. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Because you think <laughs> Change it's like, it up. Yeah. Um, I'm probably... So I'm going to start with probably like the biggest one for me. So the biggest one for me is... Um, I'm going to say sound. I'd say sound. I'm always too. like torn between sound or smell because both of those two are are big for me. But yeah. I'm because I, I was going to say smell actually, but now that I think about it, possibly sound. The I biggest. think sound just comes up more. Um. Yeah, and what we mean by that is I am I'm really like sensitive to sound in general, and like I say, not in a good way. I can't think of like a relaxing soothing sound for me um i do know that like i used to be able to only fall asleep with the telly on yeah um and the background noise made me sleep but like a lot of people have that like nt people have that i don't think that for me is an autistic thing but the ones that i know are negative to me sound wise is um just repetitive sounds tend to be one that can trigger like uh, angry or irritated like sort of reaction out of me. Yeah. Um, example of that being uh, not so long ago, I was in a coffee shop and I was just sat having a coffee and um, for some reason I didn't have my headphones in, which is a weird thing, but I didn't. Uh, and there was a guy sat having a coffee. He had a small like six-year-old child with him, I yeah. think. And this child wanted to get his dad's attention and was just sat there going, dad, 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 like that for for ages. And like repetitive words for me are are annoying. I don't like repeating myself. Like even even if I repeat the same noise, like even me saying dad just then, like was a little bit irritating straight away. Um, I don't like repeating myself and I don't like other people repeating themselves constantly as well. Uh, It can get quite, quite a quite a nasty response out of me sometimes so sometimes somebody will ask me the same question over and over again and by the time they've asked me the third time I am just like what is it what I heard what you're like squishing the face and it's changing your voice it was on my nose oh it wasn't on my mouth <laughs> okay um and yeah it is just a it's just one of those things that's done. and it's always been that way um like, I remember, like, being back in school, if someone had beat me at, like, a sport or a game or something like that, and they were just constantly, like, chanting, I win, like, that in itself would give me, like, a, like, angry response to them. Um, and, yeah, repetitive sounds are the same. So, like, 
constant drilling or like a beeping of an alarm or, um, you know, that kind of thing. My therapist explained to me the reason it could be is for some people with Asperger's, and I think it does include me, is normal people when they hear loads of sounds all at once, so say they're somewhere where there's like like machinery in the background, loads of people talking um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. They're able to filter out certain noises, so not filter them out to the point where they can't hear them anymore, because obviously the sound vibrations are always going to get to your ears, but they're able to, like, sort of not mute, but turn down the volume on certain ones and focus on the one they want to listen to. And apparently with me, I can't, so I hear everything all at once, all the time. At an equal volume. Yeah, and, like, at the same, like, level. So I, um, I think that's where, like, the stress level comes in, so... When someone's repeating them, I don't know about the repeating themselves because I was thinking if there's loads of noise and someone's repeating themselves, that's why I'm getting angry. But I think I can get agitated when it's completely quiet except for the noise that's repeating itself. Yeah. So I don't understand that one. That's just something that happens. Um, and because of that, I like even though I've said that people that are autistic obviously wear like the ear defenders and that kind of thing, I can't go anywhere without headphones. Yeah. Um, so. I always have to go, if I leave the house, I've got headphones and I'll be listening to like audiobooks, music, anything. And they have to be headphones, you know, those ones that go right in your ear. So the ones you have to push into your ear. Uh, So they block out the noise of everything else. Um, And I obviously listen to music, not quite loud, but there is a lot of few times. You know, you turn your phone up these days and it says listening at high volume. Yeah, Yeah. I always have to like cancel that out quite a lot because I want to listen to it slightly louder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like sounds definitely one. Um, I mean, one of the things that one of the main ones, and I know it's one of the ones that you recognize in me, is um, certain tone of voices yeah. tend to be like one of the more irritating things to me. Uh, some people just have a tone of voice that's not their fault. It's not something that, you know, they, they're putting on or is something that they can control. But certain people just have a tone of voice that I can't listen to. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter like what mood I'm in or how relaxed I am or anything like that. I just, uh, it just straight away. You just can't do, you the can't sec- talk to them. The second they start talking, I can't talk to them. Yeah. And if I do talk to them, my responses to them are quite rude, quite sharp. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just straight in there. Like, you know, like at work and that kind of thing, there's a couple of, customers that are regulars um both of them have this voice that i can't talk to yeah uh and in the times you have heard me talk to them i'm, I'm not helpful no. i'm not in any way like engaging with them and if i do have to talk to them um which is difficult because obviously me and you are management so yeah. sometimes they'll insist on talking to management and if you're not in and the other members of management aren't in and i have to talk to them it is very difficult for me to talk to them in any way that helps or does anything like that. Like, I will just be just, you know, like, what is it? Get on with it. Like, yeah. talk. Um, yeah, I'd say sound is a strong one for you. Whereas, like, for for me... Uh, were you done? Sorry. I don't yeah, know. no, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say for me, like, I don't have many... I don't really have, like, a positive sound thing as such. Like, I have negative sound ones, but they're probably not as strong. Like, I really hate whistling. If someone whistles for, like any sort of period of time like I don't mind wolf whistling but if someone's whistling a tune that really irritates me and I don't like babies crying I know you don't like babies I know babies crying definitely um when kids run around and screaming scream I mean yeah you you literally I can see you just staring uh, over at Atom uh I think I don't know if you're trying to like laser beam them with your eyes or something but like you are definitely staring and just you're so distracted like I've tried to talk to you before in the past when uh something like that's happening and there's just no talking to you you're just too like absorbed by the sound so that one is probably it's probably one of my only not only but one of my only main like negative things would be that with sound so any sort of high-pitched like noises that go on for oh yeah we were in the we were in a park not so long ago and there was that little kid riding around on that bike with stabilizers oh yeah like that that was like it wasn't a constant noise either like he was only coming past like every minute or so but yeah that that seemed to proper yeah i pull focus from you i can't like pinpoint exactly what sounds like seem to really get to me but there are sounds that it just yeah it will just pull my focus from anything and just make me I guess livid, just really angry. But that's like probably my main negative one is that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know for a lot of people that have autism in general, uh, I know loud noises are a big thing. I used to go to these groups uh, where loads of people with Asperger's would meet up and they'd just talk about the differences with each other. And I remember fireworks being a big one. Yeah. And that was purely down to the sound. But um, for a lot of people, it was like an unpredictability because with certain fireworks, you don't know what noise they're going to make. You don't know how often they're going to make it, when they're going to make it. And yeah. for a lot of people, like fireworks was a big, I never go to fireworks displays because of that. But that seemed related to sound. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely uh, definitely a... A big one. Big one. Yeah. Well, it is for me. Um, so... Uh, Let's go on to your next main one. What, smell? Yeah. Yeah, um, smell, like I said, these is a positive negative. So I think for this one, it's a main one for me, but equally it's a big one for you as well. Yeah. Um, But like this is, I think this is where we differ positive negative wise. Because my reaction to smell is negative smells. So bad smells, uh, like when rubbish is really stinky or there's a person that's got like BO or, you know, um people with like bad breath like bad smells and i know nobody likes bad smells i know there's like there's not people out there that like i enjoy a good like <laughs> i love it when someone smells a bo yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, yeah i can't get enough of that but for me it's it it pulls it it's it's a massive distraction so like it's it's a weird one so you know like what i've said before when you explain this stuff to people, people go, well, yeah, I don't like that either. Um, And, you know, initially I used to get annoyed and be like, well, I'm not explaining this properly uh, and this is how I'm different. And you you worry that sometimes you're milking what's wrong with you. Not wrong with you, but what's different about you when you say these things. Because then when someone goes, yeah, but I do that, it makes it sound like you're being a bit of a baby and complaining about stuff that other people don't have a problem with. But I've realised that really what it is, is sometimes when I say stuff that overlaps with NT's people's like same like sensory issues it's not that they're the same it's that the asperger ones are more like <sighs> concentrated or exaggerated or do you know what I mean they're much yeah they're much more intense well kind of like what you were saying before with me like i don't like children crying i'm sure there's loads of nt people that don't like the sound of children crying but as you said like it pulls all my focus with you. yeah you can't i can't talk to you uh, yeah like you're so distracted like you'll be like sort of engaged in conversation and like listening to me and then there'll be like someone screaming and I've just realized that I'm wasting my time even talking to you now because like you just aren't listening anymore yeah and it's the same with you so if there's a bad smell you if if you don't know where it's coming from you will spend all of your time trying to find where it's coming from and it will be the same there'll be no talking to you yeah no getting through like I'd say that's where it's different to like an NT person perhaps because it's all engaging. Yeah, like if there's a bad smell and I can't figure out like in my flat, I suddenly everything I'm doing stops and I'm like on all fours, sniffing under the sofa, sniffing behind chairs, sniffing in my wardrobe. Um, But if equally, if I know where the smell is coming from, I have to get rid of it immediately. So like say if my bin stinks, my bins have to go out. Uh, I'm like bleaching the inside of my bin. Um, Yeah. Or, like, trying to mask it with a smell that I do like. Um, If I'm talking to someone that's got bad breath, like, it's difficult for me to talk to them. I can't listen to what they're saying to me, and I'm aware of where the smell is coming from. So I'm trying to, like, almost duck their words that are coming out of their mouth to, like, not smell it. Um, And it's the same with BO. Like, if somebody's got, like, a really bad body odour, especially in the summer, because I know a lot of people don't notice... um, I have to, I can't go near them. I literally can't go near them. Uh, I just can't do it. And it's not because the smell makes me like gag or like feel ill. It's just the smell is is too much that it's kind of odd. Like it kind of like mutes all thoughts in my head. And all I'm thinking about is like that smell. Yeah, that smell is driving me mad. Um, and it's it's worse. Like it's it's like I've said before. It's why I don't smell. Yeah, you so like, never. With never me, smell. I, I don't like I've I don't have body odor ever. Like anyone that knows me or has known me for a long period of time, guaranteed they've never said he stank. Like yeah. it's never happened. Um, and that's because if I'm the one that smells, like it's worse. It's worse than someone else. Like if I've got body odor, like on the rare occasions that I've had it, because uh, obviously um, I've recently taken up running. And I ran, I think it was like, I ran like eight miles or something and I could realize I stank. Uh, and I like freaked out, like, <laughs> like on the run, like I had to come back. 
Um, so like I have to put like a lot of deodorant on. I've got deodorant everywhere. I was realizing this the other day that in my bag that I use when I cycle, there's deodorant in it. I've got yeah. deodorant in my bathroom here. I've got deodorant in my locker at work. Like I shower every day and all the like shower gels that I use are always ones that are really strong in smell. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't think that I have a stress. I'm not someone that wears like a lot of aftershave or something like that. And I don't smell of anything in particular. No, you're neutral. Yeah. You're very neutral. Um, despite like that kind of thing. But I know that I'll never have like a, a bad smell because I just, I can't deal with it. Um, whereas for you, uh, I think the difference is... You have a lot more positivity with smells. So, yeah. like, the things I've noticed with you is you're big into incense. Yeah, I love incense. Like, you're always lighting incense in your flat. Like, you enjoy good smells. Um, you like things like... Well, I mean, you can you can explain it. Like, I'm going to list your things. No, like, no, I'd say list them because you pick well, the up ones on I've, things that I don't yeah, always think of. like, you carry a hanky and you put, um, like, essential oils on it or yeah. you've used Olbus oil on it. Um, yeah. And... I know that, like, for you, smelling uh, smelling stuff like that is something that distracts you. So say you're having, like, a hard time or, like, you're going to have a meltdown or, like, you're being worn down and stuff. I've noticed that, like, if you have something you can smell... Yeah. Um, like, that weird little stress ball egg that I've got that you think <laughs> smells like biscuits. It does smell like biscuits. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you're always sniffing it. Um, and <clears throat> I think for you, that's where, like, smells are positive. So you'll use good smells to uh, calm yourself down. And that's like, that's a good one because I remember my sensory therapist telling me to try that, to put like essential oils on like my hands or like just like on the, you know, the bit of skin between your index finger and your thumb to just put it there and then like have a sniff of it. Um, Or like you do put it on like a handkerchief or some sort of cloth and sniff that to calm you down. And it kind of works with me, but... Not really as much as I thought it would. So when they said to do it, I thought it would be like a instant. Instant, Yeah. yeah. Whereas with you, I think it might be. Yeah, I definitely... Like I have... Every morning when I wake up, I always light incense in my bedroom. I have like vanilla in my bedroom. I have nag chamber in my living room. I light Mm. them both in the morning and I light them both at night. And I think that like it just kind of seems to prepare me for my day. Like it calms me down in the morning and then it calms me down when I get home from work in the evening. And that's, I guess, yeah... Yeah, like you use it as a uh, as a way to um, relax yourself. Yeah. So like you could have had a really bad day, but when you get home, you light the incense uh, and you sniff something and it calms you down. Yeah. Whereas for me, like the sniffing of things for positive works, but only slightly. So um, even though I explained this like to you not so long ago. Yeah. But like the best way to explain it for me is like, it's like having like a, a river of like, all my thoughts, like routines, processes, the things that bother me, all going a certain way. And say they're yeah. all bad ones that are all flowing towards like a meltdown or some sort of thing. Yeah. Um, these little, like smelling something or um, listening, like blocking sounds out. Yeah. It kind of like makes like little filter streams off that break bits of it away. Yeah. Like um, it's not like a... Like, it doesn't stop it. It doesn't stop it, it just... but it, it, like, makes it... It kind of, like, dulls it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, like, it kind of takes away some of my thoughts. So, say, like, there's a bad smell, and I'm thinking, that smell, that smells really bad, that smell, like, is awful. Like, where is that smell coming from? Putting stuff in my ears and blocking out the sounds will still make me think about the smell, but not think about the smell intensely. Like, I'm yeah. still being slightly distracted by just this one sound that's blocking out all the other stuff. So, whereas for you, I think you can have, like loads of different thoughts and like have something that you're ruminating on and thinking about too much but then like sniff something that's like really strong yeah and it kind of like just diffuses the whole thing and you feel all right yeah yeah i and like i i do things like if i know i'm feeling stressed i mean cleaning in like seems to calm me down anyway but i find like i dust my flat a lot so i dust all my shelves my windowsills and my skirting boards a lot but it's because like because we're vegan like polish is hard to find vegan so I use olive oil and lemon juice a mixture of that to dust Mm -hmm. but I really like the smell of it so I find that I dust way more often than probably I need to just because it makes my flat smell yeah in a way that I like I mean every time we go to lush you're in there sniffing everything I know I love I love it yeah whereas for me like there's there's no like release from good smells um it just kind of it kind of chips bits off for me so like when this sensory therapist said 
have a good smell, I thought I'd sniff it and be like, ah, like reset. I'm good. Um, Whereas it just didn't. Um, It kind of just distracts you a little bit, you know, like it's like a little tiny distraction. Um, But the second I stopped sniffing it, uh, it stopped happening. Yeah. Whereas for you, it's it's kind of like a reset button almost, which is nice. Yeah. So, what's your next one? Um, I was gonna do. I'm gonna do light next. Yeah. I think because light for both of us. Uh, even though you don't think light is one for you that much, light is definitely one. But it's also a positive negative again. Yeah. Actually, no. I have some positives to do with light. Actually, now that I think about it. So, like. Um, negative to me on light is, uh, fluorescent lighting, um, is definitely, I don't, I can't, it's kind of like a weird one. So like a lot of people with Asperger's have fluorescent lighting and I think this is where the colored glasses come in. I think that's what they do. I think they block certain light. Um, we work in a place that has fluorescent lighting. Um, Yes, we do. (laughs) And I wear glasses to see, but like, I don't need my glasses to see all day. Like right now while we're doing this, I don't have them on. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, what time is it? It's 10 o'clock in the morning and I don't need them. And I won't need them until about four, five in the afternoon and then I'll put them on. Like my eyes don't feel like they're being strained. I don't feel tired. But when I go to work, the second I'm in that place, I need my glasses. So even if I'm starting at 12 or if I'm starting at 9, I need them on. Um, Because there's something about that lighting that makes it impossible for me to see properly. Yeah. Um, And it's the same if I go out shopping. Like if I go into certain shops that use a lot of it, I struggle to know what I'm looking for and think, oh, should I take my glasses? Do I need my glasses? Yeah. Um, But I found that fluorescent lighting has always been a problem. Like, I find it hard to read stuff or look at things that are white um, in general. And I've heard about people that have had this problem before. Like, there was a guy I think I told you about that in Bournemouth Square there's that cafe in the middle and like when it's really sunny so like today um, because the tiles are white and the sun reflects off them once it reflects off them he can't see anything yeah like he's almost like practically blind Um, and there are people out there that have like that definite issue it's not a big one um, but I have noticed that too bright a lighting affects me and I can't see that well but I found that initially I thought it's just bad eyesight and that's why I need glasses. But I found that I did buy some yellow glasses recently because I know certain colors do certain things. Um, I haven't tried pink, but we work with a guy who's dyslexic and he uses a blue filter yeah. on his computer so he can see stuff. And I can't see through that blue. I can't see through it at all. Like it's a weird one. Um, and I think that's related to light is like certain colors don't work. I have heard that blue isn't great for people with um asperger's in general yeah. it's um, strange because a lot of people we work with that aren't uh don't have asperger's but also aren't dyslexic but they have used the blue screen and said that it makes it clearer for them too probably like not it doesn't unjumble the letters in the same way it does for the chap who's auti- uh, not autistic dyslexic, dyslexic. Yeah. but they said it just makes it clearer but then i've looked through it and it really blurs all of the letters for me. Like I mean, I can't make out. I have to literally, I just, the second night, if I'm using a tilde, it's got his blue filter on, I have to whip it off because yeah, I can't see anything on it at all. Like it just looks really blurry and I I basically can't make out the words. It's it's strange that yeah. it's so different for, for being us. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas the yellow glasses, like I said, I was, uh, because of my whole wanting to blend in, and not wanting to appear autistic and like that kind of thing. I kind of don't wear, wouldn't wear colored glasses except for like sunglasses. Yeah. Um, for that reason. Although weirdly, I have found that wearing sunglasses in fluorescent light works. Yeah. Um, and I can go into a shop with fluorescent lighting on and be fine. But, you know, um, but like I was saying, so I've recently bought yellow glasses. So I bought these like aviators um, and they are yellow tinted and quite obviously yellow tinted and normally I wouldn't wear them because like I said because of the blending in because I don't want to appear autistic and I've already said that people that wear colored glasses and ear defenders you can always tell there's something there but luckily for me this year <laughs> uh, it seems like yellow glasses and glasses that are a color that's not normal um that's not normal like regular sunglasses like the black shade um are fashionable yeah. so I've been able to go out and about 
like town <laughs> and just in general with yellow glasses on without feeling like I'm showing off like the fact that I'm on the spectrum and no one's noticed and there's a massive difference like I, I bought you a pair as well yeah uh, to try out and like everything's so much easier to see I haven't had to use my normal glasses and you can wear them indoors outdoors because they're not really like um they don't really dim yeah the light. Uh, they just filter, I think they just filter certain light out and it kind of blocks fluorescent lighting completely. And I've tried reading stuff with it on, watching telly with them on and just going out and about. And that sensory thing is, for me, the yellow is really calming. Um, yeah. And I've noticed there's a definite difference because when I take them off, everything's mega bright. Yeah. Like, it's weird. The second they come off my like face, I'm just like, whoa, this, everything's really like bluey, whitey colours. It's yeah. bizarre. Well, we both wear them, like, not all the time or anything, but we've both worn them indoors, like, around our flats. And it, they they are nice, aren't they? They just feel like a wave of calm, almost. It's bizarre. Yeah, like this, like I said, with the smell ones, the smell one doesn't really filter... The, the smell doesn't really, like I say, it just breaks bits off for me. But yeah. I've noticed that using yellow glasses definitely make things easier to cope with with my other senses yeah. as well, um, which is a weird one. I didn't think they'd work uh, in that sense, but they they definitely do. Um, but, like, speaking of, like, light in general, like, this is where I say is difference between me and you is... Actually, no, this is a positive one for both of us, but different, different degrees of it. Yeah. Um, for you, I've noticed the orange light in general, is something that's very soothing to you. So, like, yeah. you have um, your main... All your light bulbs at home are those ones that can change colour. Yeah. And you can adjust, like... Not like a dimmer, but... Um, well, you can adjust the brightness on them. All. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like a it's not like a dimmer switch. You've got those, like, smart light bulbs. Yeah. Um, and you've always got them on orange. Yeah. Like, all the time. They're always on orange, and I've never... you Most of the time, you keep them on... 20% and at most like what 40% is yeah. the most brightness you'll put them on yeah I only ever put them on full brightness if I'm if I've lost something like if I need <laughs> them on but basically they're always on a super dim light and they're always like no matter what on orange they're always orange that. you never not change them on orange like if I ever change them to uh blue <laughs> or change them back to white. Like, I can see you, like, being, like, almost disgusted with me for changing the colour. Yeah, I mean, white white lights are horrible. Like, I, they don't bring out, like, a negative... It's hard to describe. Like, I don't like it and it makes me uncomfortable. And I feel like if there was loads of stuff going wrong, like, if I was on the verge of a meltdown, then being in a super bright white fluorescent lighting room, like, that wouldn't be good for me. But... I don't think, like, I don't get to work and find it a problem. I just know that when I get home, I really need, like, the, the darkness being in the orange light as opposed to, like, it, it just feels like I've stepped out of a stressful zone into, like, a relaxing one if I go from bright light to orange. Yeah, like, you have the orange light and you have, uh, yeah, that the combination of, like, the incense and stuff. Yeah, I mean, my ho my flat is, like, my little sensory safe haven <laughs> yeah i mean um when i went when i went to see the sensory therapist she took me to a there's a special school not far away from where the diagnosis center was uh and there was a sensory room yeah uh, and that had like lights on like you know there's like optic light cables oh uh, yeah they had like that they had um uh like uh hammocks uh gym balls like that kind of thing and you just try out what works for you and what doesn't um, and most people with Asperger's, when they go into these rooms, like feel a natural, like calm. And I think what you've done there is just created like your own little one at home. Like yeah. you have certain lighting, like I say, lights for me aren't a difference, but the way that lights are positive for me is, uh, I'm a big fan of the dark. Yeah. So, um, I like, like a good pitch black. So I mean like pitch black to the point where you can't see like your hand in front of your face yeah. dark. Um, in an old job I used to have, they, the staff room or like the staff kitchen, it was in a building where the whole building itself only had windows at the front of it. So where the door was and like there was a display window and that was it. No other windows and through the entire building. Um, and then the staff room was right in the back of the building and it had to go down a corridor, which then went into a room. And this room, like because the corridor had no lighting either, um, the room itself had no lighting and it was like one of those big fire doors so it didn't have like a gap for light to get under i used to spend like my hour lunch just in that room in pitch blackness yeah like just eating my lunch for an hour in the dark and i found that that actually worked as a positive so 
even though the other ones, like I said, didn't neutralize stuff completely. But in that room, um, you know, like if I was having a bad day, like customers with weird voices, loads of things going out of routine, doesn't matter how stressed I was, if I was like verge of meltdown, if I just went into this room, the second I came out with it, like... Karma. Yeah, like all that stuff had just disappeared. Yeah. Um, But that's like an extreme. That's the only time I can think that happens to me. Um, and it's weird because it doesn't happen in it doesn't happen like in you know at night when you go like to bed. Yeah. It doesn't happen there. It was just in this room, and it's because it's it's a kind of black that's just so weird that it's hard to explain. Like it's it's there's such a really dark darkness. Like there's always a bit of light in my bedroom at night, uh, just from like street lights that kind of thing. But yeah, this was like a really like really dark, and that's the only one I can think of for me light wise that's a positive. Like otherwise, I just have the negative ones. But yeah, you and the orange light. Um, there's definitely something there. Like your orange light, I don't mind it. Um, yeah. Like I say, I don't mind the dim of the light. Yeah. Um, but equally, it could be bright, and I wouldn't mind. Like your bathroom light at your flat. Oh, it's too bright. It's like a really white fluorescent light. Well, it's not fluorescent. It's just the bulb in there is really strong. It's yeah. one of those LED daylight bulbs. Um and. I avoid turning it on. It's almost like blue in color when yeah. it comes on. Um, and I don't mind it. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't agitate me. But like I can tell, like if I go to use your bathroom and I turn that light on and you're near it, like you almost like run away from it. <laughs> I hate that light. I shower <laughs> in the dark, like for that reason. I'm probably gonna try and get one of them Alexa strips that I can put there. But yeah, I just hate that light. It's too bright. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to light? Because light's definitely more a you thing than a me thing. Um, no, like I've always had it with light. I know when I was younger, I used to try and shut all the curtains in my house like that used to irritate my parents. So I think I've always just like dimmer, darker lights. And I'm the same with you. I like dark rooms. But um, no, I think that's it. Like my for me, it's just orange light is a lot, a lot more calming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before I move on to the big one for you... Uh, and it is a big one. Um, I thought about, like, is space, a, like, a sensory thing? Like, so, like, your space or, like, spatial awareness or that kind of thing must be down to sensory. Um, like, I've noticed that dyspraxia and that kind of thing is related a lot to people with Asperger's. Um, I've yeah. been told that I'm dyspraxic. Uh, and the way my... Um, the way my... Like, uh, the sensory therapist... Uh, told me this was she noticed she made me go like up and down stairs quite a lot and noticed that I couldn't go up and down stairs without looking at my feet yeah uh and that's to do with like knowing where my spatial like awareness was um and I've noticed that like I can try and like I'm not good with um gaps or walking past people that well if the gap's quite small like I'm one that will nudge into people brush people uh trip over stuff that kind of thing um but I've also realized that, like, I, as far as space goes, I, I'm more into, like, confined spaces yeah. than open spaces. Um, like, I don't, like, I think that's why I like to be inside my flat more. Like, I don't get, like, weird when I'm outside. Like, I like being outside. But, like, being outside has no effect. So it's not like being outside causes me, like, anxiety or stress or that kind of thing. And I don't mean, like, it does, but that's more the people and social situations. But say, yeah. like, I'm in a field on my own. I don't freak out. Yeah. Um, but I have found that like small spaces is is soothing in yeah. the sense of uh, like getting into wardrobes, getting under beds, yeah. um, like just getting under stuff, building little forts out of things, you know, like if you get under the duvet. Yeah. Um, I've noticed there's like a weird sensory like calm to that kind of thing. I mean, this is like more of a side note. I don't know if even if it counts, but just that I think that might be related to yeah, something. Yeah, well, sensory. I'm exactly the same. I I like being in small spaces. I've always preferred small spaces. Um, I do have a negative in that I don't like. I can be outside, like like say, like I can be in an empty field and be fine. But I don't like really big rooms. So if you go to like a warehouse or something like that, I don't like the inside being too big. Oh, right, that yeah. That freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. Not, mean. like, massively. Like, I'm not going to have a meltdown just because I'm in a big room. But what about it, when we went to Ikea and you get to that bit where all the... I didn't like it. Where all the flat packs are that you're supposed to pick up right at the end. Yeah, I didn't like it, did I? It got me... That's the only place, I think, where I've seen you like that. Yeah, like, it doesn't happen very often and it's not a massive issue for me, but it, I do get this weird sense of being kind of on edge 
<laughs> in, in big rooms it's bizarre yeah yeah um like i said i don't know if that counts it's just i just it's just a thought i've just had um yeah. because i remember like in this dark room in my old job uh, there used to be a table in there sometimes i just get under the table yeah. and that was like double calm yeah um so uh, the big one uh, for you anyway uh is touch yeah um so, like, once again, I probably have more negative towards touch than I have positive towards touch. But there are things about touch that are good for me. Um, the negative ones being I don't like people touching my face or neck. Yeah. Like, just no. Uh, it can't be done. I don't care who you are or what happens. Like, it, it just can't be done. I have a neat, immediate... Touching face is fine. I just sort of jerk myself away from them and be like, don't do that. Um... But also, yeah, that made me think of um, whispering in my ear. Yeah. Whispering in my ear is the worst, like, as far as sound goes. No one can whisper in my ear. If anyone tries to whisper in my ear, like, I, I, I'm i not, like, I'm not violent, but I, I will say some aggressive stuff towards that person for doing it. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I say, that, that kind of touch around the face and neck and that kind of thing. And also, it can be related to clothing. Um, yeah. Yeah like you do the same thing as I do like anything that's got like a a tag in it yeah that and that's a common one like I see that all the time on like social media and like Facebook and that kind of thing is people with Asperger's like saying that they can't wear clothes that have tags they have to cut all their tags out because they can't deal with the feeling of the tag constantly Um, and for some people it's the same with clothing um some people can't wear like tight clothing because it's too agitating for them some people can't wear baggy clothing for the same reason yeah um some people enjoy tight clothing um it's the it's the sensory it's the deep pressure of like skinny jeans or you know like um i don't know like lycra that kind of thing some people like that kind of pressure on them um like i'm gonna talk about deep pressure anyway uh in a second but just to go over the those sort of things and positive ones that I have I've noticed for me touch wise um there aren't many but there was a weird thing that I that I do that I didn't realize was something that was I guess it's touch related but sometimes I'll drag myself against the wall when yeah. I'm walking so sometimes I'll just be walking down like a corridor or across a road and I'll just drag like my left sort of like from like my elbow to my shoulder just that whole part of my arm and like a bit of my back against a wall when I'm walking and my sensory therapist told me that I'm looking for sensory feedback apparently the sensory feedback is um is something that feels good to me um it's the same reason with why I like cycling yeah um because I like to cycle on like the tougher gears you know the gears that are like really hard to push on yeah because I'm getting sensory feedback from my legs um and it's the same with like exercise and that kind of thing. Apparently for a lot of it, it's the touch. It's the feeling of, I guess, pushing against something or pressing against something and that kind of thing. And there's like a weird positive like sensory feedback from that. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but uh, some people like it. Like I've noticed that when me and you go for a run, you're quite stompy. So like, <laughs> when you go up and down stairs, like I can hear you coming up my stairs before like... <laughs> Like, I know exactly when to go to the door to open it because you'll be there because you stomp. You stomp when you walk around. And when you run, you, like, proper slap your feet against the floor. Uh, and I think that's, like, a sensory feedback thing to do with touch. But I don't understand why it's done. Because I don't think it's done in a way to relax or calm because you're constantly doing it. There's just, yeah. like, a weird a weird touch thing there. Um, but that's it for me. Like, I don't really have other... Like, that's just the few bits of touch that I can think of. Whereas you... For you, it's constant. You have one of the the most, like, you stim more than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> as far as come, come to touch for. And stim is, um, for anyone that's wondering, stim is a short term for stim stimulating. stimulating. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much because I imagine at some point we'll cover this one. Yeah, we will. Because everybody with Asperger's stims to some point. Even if you think you don't, you'll have something that apparently is a stim. Yeah. But you are always doing it. Your sense of touch is mental. You touch everything. Yeah. If we go into clothes shops, you touch all the clothes to feel what they feel like. I've seen you buy items of clothing that you don't particularly like style-wise, but the material it's made out of is so nice to touch that you'll buy it just for that reason. Yeah. And then you'll wear that top and go out and about and just be in a good mood, like just because you've got this top on. Um, You rub 
pillows, you rub curtains, everything. Um, <laughs> and you have loads of like sensory toys, I suppose, that are related to touch. Like you've got that spiky ball. Yeah. Uh, it's like one of those washer balls that's really hard. Uh, and you've got your pillow. Your pillow's weird. Like when we first met, <laughs> I thought your pillow was like, you know, some people just have like a blanket they've had since they were a baby or, you know, like a teddy or that kind of thing. And looking at the state of this pillow when I saw it, like, (laughs) I thought you must have had that since birth because it was a mess. Like, (laughs) just, it's absolutely ruined. Like, it looks like Freddy Krueger's face. Like, it's just, just ruined. It's wrecked. Um, it wasn't until you told me that it's not the first one. and No, you've I've not, had it for three years. Yeah, and you've not had it like that long. And just the state of it, just from you <laughs> rubbing it, is crazy. Um, but yeah, like, what's that about? I don't know. Like, the pillow, I've always had a pillow that I have to sleep with and stroke at night to get me to sleep. So I've had it since I was a baby. But, like, my mum like insists that I change it every few years because you've seen it like the state it gets into and it's probably really gross but yeah like I need I need to be stroking something soft to get to sleep I can't sleep somewhere without that if like I'm feeling stressed I have to stroke something and just like I just really enjoy stroking things so even if I'm not stressed and I'm feeling fine like if there's something in a room that I know is good to like my touch yeah I'll have to be stroking it. Like I'll need, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I've just always been like that. I've always needed that. Like I don't, I need, don't need it all the time. Like I can be at work and not be stroking anything, but equally if I'm at work and there is something that I know is soft, like say I'm wearing a really soft top, then I will just be stroking it because I know it's there and I'll just need to, need to stroke it. It's, it's a, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, you've always done it. Um, as far as I've known you for, I, I, I watch you do it quite a lot. Like sometimes, like you'll just be sat there doing it, or at work, your hand will be in your pocket. And I know you've got something in your pocket yeah. that's obviously in there that's soft. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, a lot of people do have like comfort blankets and that kind of thing. And like I've said before, you know, there are people that are into you that have have a similar thing, but it's not to the same level as you you need something all the time yeah. like you can't go a day without it no i couldn't um and like i said i don't understand the full like sort of what stimming is i'm just aware that stimming is something that everybody everyone in the spectrum does to some extent uh and it's related more to like the sense that they i suppose more dominant with or has more effect on with you your touch is definitely up there higher than um Anything. Any of the other sensory stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, it's it's all the time. Like, you need something all the time to rub. Um, I always know when you found something that's good that you, like, want to rub because, like, you pick up, like, a teddy or something. When you touch it, you always do this thing where you go, oh. And then, <laughs> like, out, out loudly, and then you don't leave it alone. Yeah. Um, and you've always done that, uh, as far as I can tell. And you always need something to, to touch. Um... And like I said, this is where the sensory toys or sensory items come in like that are handy. Like I said, you've got the spiky ball. Yeah. Um, I've lent you a few of the ones that I've picked up over the years. Because um, like I'm a big one for, well, I suppose I'm a big one for deep pressure. Deep pressure is definitely yeah, a, you, yeah. a positive one. Um, I've explained to you before that like I heard about this from like a Asperger woman called Temple Grandin, I think her name is. Yeah. And she worked on a cattle farm and he had like this press for cows. Uh, like it didn't press them, like kill them, press them. It was just like it squeezed them yeah. like, in a non-painful way. And it was like a machine. And she realized that when the cows went in it, they calmed down like instantly. Uh, and I think she got in it or did something and realized that was thing for her. And she wrote like a whole thing on sensory stuff. Yeah. And um, because of that, like deep pressure work. So I've mentioned before that like when you're having meltdowns, there was a time when you were having a meltdown and you were freak out on the floor like you do flailing about the place and I just kind of <laughs> laid on you yeah like just laid on you and sort of put all your body weight put all my body weight on you and like sort of pushed you into the floor yeah and you just calmed down yeah um which is why I lent you the I have a bear hug vest which is like three big bits of I guess stretchy spandex velcro yeah you strap one around your body and then the other two go over your shoulders and it squeezes your chest like someone's yeah. squeezing you with a hug and like that's like immediate like release yeah um, i've worn that 
I've worn that at work when yeah. I knew I was having a bad day and it really helped yeah and that's like a that's definitely like a, I would say that's definitely related to touch maybe um weighted blankets are another one I've yeah. used weighted blankets before someone so my sensory therapist lent me one for a bit like I keep thinking I should get one but they they're well expensive yeah I um, want one too, I've not but... seen one like for less than 100 pounds um and they're good for like just putting on your lap or um you can like put them around you like on your shoulders that kind of thing yeah. uh, and they work I think it's the same reason why like when I cycle I'm happy with like a heavy bag yeah or like if I do shopping like it doesn't matter if the bags are heavy because I enjoy like the the deep pressure of the weight yeah like you always carry my shopping bags as well but like you've said it's not chivalry it's just yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's because it's i mean it's easier to be out if i've got something heavy so if i take a backpack that's got loads of heavy stuff in it uh that's that's like in itself a bit calming it's the straps of the backpack like pulling against my like shoulders yeah um and yeah you've you related to to that kind of thing as well i mean like when i lent you uh well it's the thing i called the womb yeah I mean, it's it's just a bit of it's like a sleeping bag that's like elasticated with a head hole. You climb in it and your head sticks out. Um, that's like double sensory for you because once you're in it, like you're confined to a small space, but yeah. also it's made out of a material that is soft. Yeah, yeah. So like that that is proper calming. And like I say, once you know these sensory things uh, and you figure out what your sensory stuff is, once you've been diagnosed, you can use them as a way to alleviate like anxiety, stress, uh, and the things that like are hard for people with Asperger's uh, or autism to cope with on a daily basis. I mean, well, actually, no, it's kind of a weird one because for you, you can use it as a way to, like, calm yourself down, relax for the day, uh, like we said, because you have way more positive sensory things. um, So you can use them as a soothing thing. But, like, with me, because a lot of my sensory stuff is negative... You know what to avoid. Yeah, like, I'm aware of them and can avoid them. And that in itself kind of alleviates me from stress and anxiety, I guess, because I'm not putting myself into situations. So, do you know what I mean? Like, if it's a hot day and I'm about to go past somewhere where there's a load of bins, I know not to walk past that area. Or, like, if somebody wants to have, like, a chat with me, but there's, like, roadworks, like, I'm just, like, not near this. You know what I mean? And then I don't get the stress. Whereas for you, you can deal with the stress go home, turn your lights on, that are like the dim orange, orange bulbs, yeah. light and incense, like, and just... Stroke my pillow. Grab your weird pillow and, like, you're uh, you're fine. Like, you start to relax and calm down. Yeah. Uh, whereas for me, yeah, it's just avoiding those things that I know are negative sensory stuff, you know? I guess on a final note, taste-wise, we both like strong flavours. Oh, yeah, I forgot about taste. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't know if this is... Like, it's it's hard to describe. Like, I don't... I haven't heard many people um, with Asperger's or on the spectrum talk about taste as in the flavours as much. But I guess it is a sensory thing in that we both do like really strong flavours. Well, actually, no. My, the sensory therapist mentioned that this is a possibly a good thing. So, like, strong flavours, like... Uh, I'm a big fan of mint and ginger. Yeah. Um, it's also why I, when I drink, if I do drink alcohol, it's why I drink, uh, spirits neat because spirits neat have a really strong flavor to other like drinks. Um, or why we like like ginger shots. Uh, yeah, like I, I probably don't have the same with mint as you do, but I, I really like, um, black coffee, ginger. Yeah. And I think there is something to that. Um, like I have noticed that like, if I have like a polo or, gum or do you know what I mean like something like that in my mouth while something stressful is happening it does like I say it's not it's not like an immediate like ah like I'm relaxed this is fine yeah but it is like a distraction I am distracted by the taste of this thing yeah um and like obviously there's some there's some flavors that have a negative effect so um weirdly licorice for me I can't deal with yeah licorice will is the same effect as like listening to someone with a voice I don't like is like tasting licorice yeah. at the same time um so yeah I think it does because I feel like it it invokes the same responses from me as the other stuff I I remember like at one point when we were talking like kind of early on into being friends you mentioned like you really like strong flavors and I thought that's funny because I am exactly the same like I've always 
anything that's got a super strong flavour. Weirdly the same, apart from licorice. Like, I am a massive fan of... But you like licorice. No, I don't like licorice. Like, no, I don't I, like licorice. It's weird that we both have that, because, like, <laughs> everything else that I can think of that everyone goes, oh, that's a strong flavour, I always really like it. But, like I said, like I say, I'm not the same with mint. I do really like mint. I chew gum all the time, which I think is stimming, but we'll talk about that later. But, like, um, I, th- I just think we're the same in that sense. Like, we do tend to... Yeah, chewing is stimming. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah but I, right. I think we do tend to prefer like the strong flavors and we are quite similar in that sense yeah um yeah i mean ginger's a big one like yeah. there's some way to get like a ginger like hard-boiled sweet like that'd be great yeah um but yeah that's just it's just a relief um it's it's uh it's thing like i used to eat a lot of extra strong mints seeing so, you know, like the tree ball yeah I used to, like, get through, like, a pack of them a day and, like, have, put, like, three or four in my mouth at once. Um, <clears throat> like, just for the sensory double thing of, like, yeah, loads of mint all in one go. I mean, I can't have them anymore because um, they have gelatin in them. But um, I can only have polos now, and polos aren't nearly the same sort of level yeah, as, as extra strong mint. So, like, if I could find a good, like, vegan... Like extra strong mint that was just as strong. I'm sure they exist. Yeah, I'll we'll just try and find one. But yeah, like just certain types of drink, like you said, black coffee yeah. is a big one um, because it has quite a strong flavour. Um, things like... For me, I love like gherkins, jalapenos, things like that. I'll just snack on. Yeah, um, but equally, have you ever tried eating something like that when you're in a stressful situation? Um, you'll probably find that they have... Like some sort of like soothing quality yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, because I've never thought about that. I just enjoy them. Just when you home, eat, yeah, because yeah. there's like a positive thing to them. But yeah, trying them when you're feeling a bit like overwhelmed uh, helps. Um, it might help you like quite a bit. Like yeah. if, if somebody was like, if you were in a stressful situation and just ate something that had one of the flavors you liked or drank a bit of coffee while you were talking to someone that was stressing you out or in a situation like that. Apparently that's supposed to that's supposed to help. My sensory therapist told me this that that might help some people in a sense. Like it doesn't help me. Like I said, it's just a slight distraction. But like, say if it did have that kind of effect, like not so much. But like putting something in your mouth that has a taste that is strong for you, especially because like smell works for you that way, and taste and smell are yeah are close to each other. So yeah, that might work for you. Yeah. Was there any other things you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, like, that's that's just a brief thing for, like, me and you. Um, yeah, like, I think we should do And I one... think everybody, like I said, everybody that's got autism does and, like, has a sensory thing of some way, like, you should just look into it. Um, there'll be something that's definitely your thing. It's definitely a sensory yeah. thing you'll have. And, like, if you recognise where your pros and cons are of sensory, like, it can help you manage your day and... Uh, and not struggle as much with stuff. Like once I realized it, because when she first told me, like once I got diagnosed, I didn't think anything of it. And then when they tell you, oh, by the way, this can happen and there's always sensory stuff that's with it. I didn't know what she meant. Um, also, weirdly, just thinking about this, because you, I know like lights are always a big one and we said light. But have you noticed that the way you are with like Christmas lights and like fairy lights <laughs> and that kind of I thing? Love, I love fairy lights. And I was thinking about this because when I went into one of the sensory rooms, it was just loads of like optic lights oh. on cables and like twink- twinkly like fairy lights oh, everywhere and that, that kind of thing. So yeah, you might think about like that as well. You have something for that kind of thing. Yeah, I do. Like at Christmas when we went through the park that had the fairy lights and the trees, it was just the best thing ever. Yeah, um... But yeah, if you know what they are, it, like I say, in my case, it helps me know which things to avoid and stay away from. Um, but also, if you know where your sensory stuff is, you can use it to your advantage to keep yourself relaxed and like less likely to have a meltdown or, do you know what I mean, like freak yeah. out in public. Um, but it's a weird one. It's such a common one for people that have been diagnosed. Yeah, and you might not notice, you might not think that you have anything. Like I didn't think that touch was... A weird thing I just assumed everyone did that until talking to people and then I realized that that's actually a massive yeah or part but, of my life but equally it's if weird. you're someone that knows someone that's got or and it's just for people that are neurotypical they don't realize that that's like a big part of being as you know being autistic or having Asperger's yeah. they think it's down to just the social cue stuff the you know not being able to read people the NPC sympathy thing but this is such a big part as well and knowing how it works or like if you know someone that's got it like knowing their sensory stuff yeah um 
Yeah, I was going to talk about, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter, but like I've had to have risk assessments at work purely on sensory stuff just yeah. to help me cope with my day. But then like, you know, we'll go on for ages about that, that they basically did loads of assessments on me about like how to avoid like being in crowds because that has a sensory thing for me, like loud sounds, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's it for now. I'm sure we'll yeah. come back to it with like stimming and that kind of thing. Or I yeah. might I'm thinking about maybe we should do one on like employment and like Asperger's. And I think yeah. Also, if you do have any topics you want us to talk about, just message us because we've had people message us and give us topic choices, and yeah. we've done them. So I just think yeah, if there's anything you really want to hear us talk about, we can. Yeah, but yeah, I think I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.